Between the Covers, a series designed around who and what can be done and achieved by patients, planning and working in a community of like-minded, successful people. This podcast series is for anyone looking at becoming a successful published author and those looking to understand the mind of a writer and the goals of a publisher. Proudly sponsored by Shoreline Publishing. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast series Between the Covers. I'm Kelly Wilson. Today, I have the absolute privilege and pleasure of chatting with a brand new author, Edita Moikic. Thank you for Kel- for having me here, Kelly. You're very welcome. And uh, we've got lots to chat about today, but I would love to start by celebrating your brand new memoir, Between, Before and After. Congratulations on your publication. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, hard journey to get to that point, but I'm very proud of it. Like, yeah. Oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful. Would you be able to start uh, by telling myself and our listeners what it's all about? Sure. It's about uh, the life of my family between our life before in Sarajevo and our life after in Melbourne. So that's why the title is Between, Before and After. Um, We... We had that sort of, I wouldn't, don't know how to call it, bad luck, I would say, to be yeah. in a country that somehow happened to be in a war and we had to flee um, and we, we became refugees, my children and I. That's something that you never count on. You no. have no control over. Absolutely um, not. Yeah, so when something scary like that happens your natural instinct is to run away from it but quite often you have no means and you have no time and you have no mental energy to Mm. prepare for that to pack properly no the time we I realized that we realized my husband and I that the war isn't wasn't going to be over in a short time Uh all the transport abilities were sort of closed and there were some convoys organized here and there, and there wasn't really much information about when, what, how. So once um, I heard there was a private convoy organized or convoy of private cars, I thought, okay, that's great. But I couldn't reach my car because it was on the end on the other end of the city with my in-laws in their garage because we kept there to be safe. All our savings were at my parents' place that we couldn't reach because already was occupied. So I just grabbed what I had at home, which was 50 American dollars. Oh, my goodness. Borrowed a car from a friend who already was in Croatia and said, just bring my car, ask my brother for it. I'll sell it here and I'll get some money for living. And I packed just the um, most important documents like passports and yes. that. One bag of clothes for us, for the three of us. It was May 1992, just before European summer. Um, I was going towards Split, where I had a friend, and I thought it was just going to be a couple of months there during summer. We'll be back by September. One bag of clothes for me and my two kids. (laughs) Dario was eight. Lena was one-year-old baby. Oh, my goodness. Bag of disposable nappies as well. So we set off on this journey um 
it Goran couldn't leave. My husband couldn't leave. He he had to stay behind, as is the situation now in, in yes. Ukraine. You With so many, many. yeah, yeah. Stay to fight or to or to work. Um, and we just sort of left, and it took us a long time to get reunited. Exactly six hundred days, and it was amazingly difficult to do that. So you can imagine how much help. I had and needed to have from people. Actually, I can't even imagine that. (laughs) Editor, you're an incredibly brave woman. Oh, you're not. That's not. That's not courage. That's fear. That's survival, isn't it? I mean, that's fear. You know, the first reaction is, I don't want my children to be injured. Yes. Uh, What triggered me in saying I have to leave, and I left shortly after was that one evening I was holding my little baby in our bedroom, like the blinds down, and I was sort of trying to put her to sleep and I was listening to the radio and Mm -hmm. a mother was there screaming because her child was injured and the ambulance couldn't get through because the hospitals were blocked. And I thought, I don't want to be that mother. So my, my husband's sort of, you know, gentle reminders that, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know mm. how I'm going to survive. Mm. How I'm going to feed my kids anything. Yeah. yeah. I just left. So it yeah. wasn't really courage. I wasn't really thinking much yeah. about what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Okay. It was and, just survival. Yes. Yeah, survival. And a lot happened more than I could even imagine, starting from being kept as hostages straight after leaving Sarajevo, like five Ks from where I lived, ah. maybe. We were stopped by a Serbian para-army, and to be correct, Bosnian Serb para-army, and held hostages for two nights and three days. That was my first experience of my refugee journey. And then we got to split, and that was a little bit better because I I stayed with a friend, or we stayed with a friend. Yeah, yeah. Everything they had, that's just such an amazing generosity. For five months, feeding us. Clothing us. Wow. Buying disposable nappies for my daughter. Yeah. yeah. Everything for five months. So with this book, I and you know, the story unfolds further and more yeah. help is involved this time further on from people who I didn't know before. Um, so what I'm trying to do with this book is literally just um raise awareness of yeah, good. A refugees are people too. They like, are exactly like me. And you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just went back to Penrith in Cumbria in England, northern England, where we spent a year and a half after split. Um, and I kind of wanted to do a mini launch of my book in the UK there where it's like very important part of the world for me. Yes. And while I was like during my book launch, like thanking them constantly for everything they did for us and they did so much so much yeah one of the people uh, from the audience my my son's teacher at the time actually said you're thanking us so much but actually we should thank you i agree with that when we yeah. heard that bosnian refugees are coming to cumbria we were scared yeah what will these yeah. people look like what will they behave like mm. and then you came and all of you had or most of you had university degrees you looked exactly yeah. like us you yeah. like us yeah. so i don't know what we were scared of wow. so thank you for opening our eyes thank you for changing this conservative english community to accept 
people of other ethnical background because we, in the yeah. end, we're all human. Yeah. yeah. What I'm trying to do with this book is literally raise the awareness, A, that being refugee is not a choice. No. They need help, all yeah. the help in the world, from small amounts of money. Correct, to yes. A place where they can stay and, and, you know, put their lives together and raise their children, become taxpayers in the end, yeah? Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, that, that was the intention of, of writing this book, uh, sort of well to reflect done. on what we went through, how, and why we managed to put together our lives and continue, um, I don't know, like a relatively normal life here. Mm. We are far away from everyone that we use. Exactly, whatever that can look like. Yeah. Well, I don't care what you say, editor. I, uh, you are an incredibly brave and courageous woman. Um, Thank you. Even more so, you know, that trauma is never going to leave you entirely, but you've been brave enough to, to write a story not only for yourself, um, not a story, a memoir for yourself, your family, but as you said, for the world to be able to reflect on and for us to understand at a, at a deeper level what we've, we really need to understand. Mm. So when exactly did you decide to write this? Like how long after? Oh, um, it was actually um, the idea was in my head ever since we settled down here a little bit, like we got two jobs and kids started school yeah. and life became semi-normal. Semi-normal, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I constantly thought I had to write this down because my kids were so young. I really yeah. wanted to leave something for them to understand yeah. why we left yeah, how we came here, what happened in the meantime, who were the people who helped us, and, and so on. So I started, and you know, it took two decades, probably, uh, mm. yeah, approximately two decades mm. to start just dotting down some some little things here and there, and I found some sort of one page different events described from two thousand fifteen. Wow. Um, I had a full time job all these decades and in, in a completely different industry yeah. that is very demanding, mentally challenging. Mm. So not much energy and time while you're raising kids to write. <laughs> no, there is not. Now, when no. I had the chance to decrease my um, time to four days a week, I wrote more. Or when the situation was calm a little bit, you know, not before Christmas with all the events, <laughs> it was sort of calm and month. Yeah. And I worked more on my manuscript during weekends and just slowly, slowly, slowly get to the stage first that I could send some excerpts to competitions. Yes. And I, you know, got some sort of first like a long listing in Richelle. I saw this, yes. I looked at the people who were on the list with me and I checked their, you know, you can check everyone on Google these days and I checked <laughs> their qualifications. Yeah, yeah. They all had, you know, masters in history, yeah. masters in literature and I have electrical engineering from Sarajevo. Yeah. Okay. So, so they, like, yeah. That's your sign that this is a, a piece of work that needs to be shared. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so slowly, year by year, prize by prize, I got to the point that Carolyn Martinez from Hokai Publishing read the manuscript and said, Oh my God, yes, yes. let's do it. Yes, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And during the editing process, did you get um did you feel you had enough input and control over the way the book flowed? Uh, with um, Hokai, yes. Yeah. But, like, there were lots of lots of restructuring editing before that. I um, am very lucky that both my children are 
academically very strong or were academically very strong. So they yes. were really good. Yes. Um, yeah. English is my, I wouldn't even say second language, it's third or fourth. So no, it's, it's incredible that you've done this. <laughs> I probably sound more fluent than when I write because I still struggle with concepts that don't exist in my mother tongue, like articles and yes, um, yes. present tense and some other things like, you know, articles are probably the worst. So mm. they helped. They helped a lot. They helped mm. by reading the text and correcting and suggesting changes even yeah. in the structure. Yes. Um, so slowly that became, you know, became what it is now. Yeah. Um, there yeah. was, of course, editing process with Hokai, but no drastic changes. Yes, no yes, life. you took the lead on that. Yeah. Carol is very, very um, lovely and, and she tried not to be harsh and she wasn't, not that she tried. No. <laughs> She wasn't harsh in, in suggesting some smaller changes and, you know, through several discussions and, and things like that. Get it into that book format. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. fantastic. So you mentioned it took a long time um, to, to be published. Once you had the actual manuscript ready to go, has it been um, like about a year, something like that, since? Oh, it's been longer. I um was very close to be published with another publishing house and they basically said yes and then they couldn't sell it to their marketing department so that was what was that 2018 approximately yeah so it's been a long journey and um you know it, it is a topical book um so I have experience with that myself in one of my books that I, novels I wrote at the start, wasn't accepted by a few publishers just because it was too controversial. So I wondered if that was something you um, came up against or not really. Um, not ex- I mean, that wasn't what was mentioned. Um, mm. I, I think that for a debut author, it's difficult to find a publisher anyway and, you know, mm. with someone it is a name that is difficult to pronounce and talks yeah. about a country that is very far away from here. Mm, you know, they think that it's hard to market. Such yeah. Work. Oh, well. But I think, but I think they were wrong. And Hawkeye are on a winner here, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Hawkeye seem fantastic and I've no doubt this will go from strength to strength. I mean, look at your reviews. They're incredible. You must Absolutely. be Absolutely. really happy with your reviews. Yeah. Do you feel absolutely. they reflect your work? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm more than thrilled with the reviews, both professional that are on my book cover uh, and also like from people on yes. Goodreads and Instagram, like yes. really to the point. Some really, really touched me in a way that I think I don't think I would express what I wanted. To yes, do. yes, I understand what you're saying. And like a reader who doesn't know me, doesn't know the story, doesn't know anything. Yeah, and he's very, been very particularly good. blown away by that. I mean, the language is very strong in terms of the impact you've had on people. Um, back in your homeland, have people been able to access the book there and read it? Um, well, it's in English. So not many yeah, okay. people are very fluent in English so yeah. much that they can read books. Uh, a friend of mine, a very dear friend of mine, who doesn't really speak English, read it with the Google Translate camera. Oh. Can you imagine how much effort Wow. So she I wonder that. <laughs> but she, she's biased, of course. Like, of course. Know, she loved it, but she's biased. Uh, a few friends, I mean, friends from Sarajevo that now live elsewhere, like they they live in Australia or they live in yep. Canada or US, yep. they read it. 
And I had really good and positive reviews from them as well, like, you know, thanking me for having the courage and capacity to express such story that most of them went through a version of that. Of course, of course I did. Probably the most eventful from, you know, what happened to us and how we took Lauren out of Sarajevo, the most unusual one yeah but anyway it's a story about leaving a country at war and becoming a refugee and and mm. putting mm. your life together after that after that what happens and next yeah continuing oh. and actually succeeding in publishing a book yeah so. clearly i mean what an incredible woman you are <laughs> oh now, thank you that makes me feel very uncomfortable but you are i mean and yes. i i you know want to spread this everywhere now that i'm aware of it because you know, there's so many people like me that have lived in Australia our whole life and don't know, uh, and and yeah. we should know. We, you yeah. know, I'm all for embracing anyway. But you know, yeah. good on you. Yeah. Now, let's exactly talk about Carolyn. That's exactly what Carolyn said. Like, Did she? yeah, you know, she's a mother, and like reading such a book from a mother's point of view oh. is heartbreaking. Oh, I, I'm still back with you and the one-year-old, you know, doing this. I mean, and leaving the security of your husband. I mean, wow. <laughs> now, let's no choice. Sl- no choice. I wouldn't do it if I had a choice. Of course you wouldn't. Of course. Uh, and that's what trauma is. That It's amazing what we can do when we're backed into a corner. Mm. Um, and, boy, have you proven that to the world. <laughs> now, let's to- talk about your front cover. The book just grabbed me straight away it's magnificent it's beautiful but um it's yeah it's it's really thought-provoking in itself can you tell me I know you were really happy with that yeah I was I was very lucky that Hokai um allowed me to pick my designer yeah and I was also very lucky to come across an artist from Sarajevo she is She's a painter and and um, illustrator and graphic designer. Yeah, um, her name is Nina. So I approached her and asked if she would do it, mm-hmm. and she said yes. And within twenty four hours or forty eight, I can't remember, but so quickly she sent me like sixteen different designs for the. Whoa! Book. <laughs> I mean, she's she's literally amazing. She's yeah, literally she was amazing. the right person, obviously. So obviously, I told her the story. She hasn't read the book, but I told her the story in maybe a couple of pages, something like that, just the main points. Like yeah, how, yeah. What happened? Yeah. And she's from Sarajevo, so she knows stories mm. like that. And then we. Um, settled on this one together with Carolyn from Hokai because it literally um, talks about everything that the book talks about. So, yeah. like, it's a house that has legs and it moves. Yeah. It's a love story. Yeah. It's like lots of puzzles that needed to be put together. together and yeah. fourth one, we have a bomb here. So that's what the story is about, about war, about love, about moving house and about mm. trying to put together these, like, puzzles that wouldn't fit, yeah. put them together to to make, like, a, I don't know, to, to yeah. put the life together. Again. Yeah, yeah. So I really, really like it. And all these, like, um, I probably don't know the, the right terminology, but, like, all these roads. Yeah, that, you know, lead from. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was so thought provoking. You, I, I studied it for a long time, 
I really would, you know, I, I've got an education background and I'd absolutely love to see a book like this in the year 11 and 12 curriculum. I think that would be incredibly powerful. Someone actually said that, that everyone yeah. in the high school should read this. Should, 100%, should like, yeah. Can yeah. you do something about it? I can try. I have quite a big mouth. <laughs> okay. I'll support you in any way yeah, I can. Yeah, no, and I'll support you right back. Well, editor, it's been an absolute incredible privilege um, to to have some of your time today. You are an incredible woman, and I mean that from the very bottom of my heart. Thank you. Um, and from all of us, congratulations. Listeners out there, I, I'm sure you're just as touched as I am today, and I encourage you right this second to jump online or go to your bookstores and um, get editor's book ordered and bought. Um, and spread the love for her. Her memoir is titled Between, Before and After. It's available everywhere and I encourage you to get a copy as soon as you can. Editor, thank you for your time um, and I wish you every bit of success going forward. Thank you, Kelly, and thank you so much for having me here and for this beautiful chat that you and I had. All the best to you. I know you have lots of podcasts to do and it's not easy, but you're doing a fantastic job. So thank you. Well, you're a pleasure, yeah, treasure. You. you made me feel comfortable and and like normal, like I'm chatting with a friend. So well, that's good. That's what I wanted to do because you're yeah, just thank divine. You. Thank <laughs> you so much. It's been a great, grand pleasure to be here. You too. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Between the Covers, produced by Shoreline Publishing.